Hey, I'm Stephanie Lugo, and this is the Market Authority Show. Hey, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate nine-to-fiver turned top-producing realtor and coach. It wasn't all that long ago that my husband and I quit our nine-to-fives to start our real estate business together with no experience in the industry, just a dream for a life with more freedom and flexibility and the chance to impact others along the way. But it wasn't always easy, and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how that we needed to build our dream business. Fast forward through lots of work, failed attempts, and lessons learned, and you'll see what we've built today, a business that offers us more freedom and income than we ever thought possible and changes the lives of others every day. I created the Market Authority Show to enlighten the path to becoming an authority in your market. I'm here to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from timeless principles and today's cutting edge strategies. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on. So let's dive in. I want you to know that soon I will be releasing a couple of live virtual training sessions free for real estate agents everywhere. Check out how to register to this masterclass where you can join me live to learn how to triple your real estate business this year. I'll be sharing the three systems that you need to triple your real estate business with social media. So check out the show notes to register for this free class. And hey, if you're catching the show after we go live, no worry, you can catch the replay there too. This episode is brought to you by the Market Authority Academy. I wanted to share a quick welcome to this week's newest members. We have Kara Heron, Tara Epsky, and Ashley McKee. Really excited to welcome you all to the Academy, and I am so pumped to celebrate all the successes that follow. One of the most important aspects of your real estate social media strategy is the ability to position yourself as an authority in your market, right? Which Here in the Market Authority Show, we discuss often and at length. But of course, an easy and important way of doing this is networking with other local businesses and highlighting the newsworthy and the notable in your area. I know that for me, a big part of growing my Instagram audience organically has been from showcasing things to do, places to go, and people to know in my geographical market area on Instagram. My audience loves to see, and this content is really valuable stuff to break up the other real estate content that you might be posting. And bonus, when these businesses also share my content featuring them on their platforms, it gets me more exposure to their audience, which leads to more organic growth for the both of us. It's a win-win. And you can do this too. And to help really share some tips and break down exactly how to do this, I brought in the best. Today, I am speaking with my new friend, Andrea Blake of the Southwest Sampler. Andrea has built her personal brand on exploring the Southwest, which is where she lives, and sharing all of her exciting findings with us on social media. Andrea is a master at curating and creating really engaging, viral-worthy content, and I asked her to join me on the show to share some of her best tips with you so that you can incorporate these strategies into your social media plan this year. 
In this discussion, we cover Andrea's journey to creating her personal brand authentically from scratch, her tips on being consistent and making content creation simple and easy, exactly how to find other businesses and brands to connect with, and how to approach them for collaborations. Hence, it's not as scary as you might think, and so much more. You can find Andrea on Instagram at Southwest Sampler, and she's also by the same name on YouTube and TikTok. And definitely check out her website where she compiles all of her amazing content at www.thesouthwestsampler.com. I hope you really enjoy this conversation with Andrea and myself. Let's dive in. Andrea, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) The pleasure is all mine. So I'm super excited to chat and I thought that we could just start with a quick look at your story. So for those in my audience who aren't familiar with you just yet, could you share a little bit about where you're at today and kind of how you got there? Yes. So I am the Southwest Sampler. It's what I've been doing. (laughs) What I do is I help to showcase everything that there is to do in the Southwest. So whether it's travel, hiking, resorts, restaurants, hotels, I help to showcase everything that you can do in your own backyard. And I love that. Mm -hmm. You know what I love too, by the way, you make our Southwest look so good because (laughs) did you grow up in Arizona? Yes. So I grew up over in Arizona and I've lived in Tucson and I've lived in Scottsdale for about six years or so now. Okay. Awesome. So growing up, I don't know if you felt this way too, but growing up in Phoenix, cause I'm from here too, like four generations here. And there was never like, it it was never sexy to be from the Southwest, like, like it is now. (laughs) Um, And now there's like so many awesome branded accounts like yours that are just creating so much buzz around like things to do and like how awesome this area is, but you just do it so well. So you're on Instagram, TikTok and YouTube, right? Yes. And I also have a website. It's the Southwest Sampler. So funny thing about that is I tried to get the domain Southwest Sampler, but if I want to purchase it, it's like $1,000. So (laughs) I'm not going to do that. So Southwest Sampler, yes. So how did you get started with this content? Because you're like, you create a lot of media. How did you get started with it? I started it about four years ago. The timeline is kind of off. It's been around four to four and a half years ago. I wanted to help showcase everything in the Southwest. So Mm -hmm. the first hike I ever went on ever ever and ever was Havasu Pipe Falls. And it was really eye-opening and just, it was a huge realization of like Arizona's beautiful and my own two feet can take me to do this. That that was just a huge like pop. I was like, oh my gosh. So as I started traveling more, people started asking more questions on like where I was finding these things or where were they? And everything I was doing was in Arizona in the Southwest. And it was just, I don't know. The more I started to experience it, the more I started to realize other people want to see this too. Mm -hmm. And growing up here in Arizona, you're right. It was not cute. I thought it was so ugly. I just didn't get it, you know? So really, again, opening up my eyes to the beauty that Arizona has to offer. I wanted to then showcase that to everybody else. So how has that kind of evolved to today? So you start like posting stuff, you start thinking about new things that you can share What does it look like today and what kind of opportunities did that lead for you? When I first started, it was a blog. So it was a really, can I cuss on here? 
Yeah. Because if not, it's okay. But it was a <laughs> shitty vlog. <laughs> it was terrible. Like, I look back at it and it's like, okay, I started from something, you know. So started as a blog. I started posting just hikes and things that I was doing. And over time, it's turned into this creative agency that I now own and I'm now the founder of. So it's taken a lot of time. I didn't even know I was going to go from where I was to where I am now. It mm-hmm. kind of evolved. Yeah. I love that. So um, as far, what's that? Did that answer your question? I think so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So like for my audience, when I'm talking to real estate agents, right? And like, I'm sure you're familiar with Gary Vaynerchuk. Um, yeah. Okay. So Gary Vaynerchuk, when he's talking specifically to like salespeople, like real estate agents, the first, you hear this a lot of like, be the mayor of your city, go out and like highlight the, all the things to do. Like you should be the person that knows everything about your geographical area, because that's part of what you're selling. Um, and you can tell that to real estate agents, but we're kind of like, I don't even know where to start. And so like, for me, this looks like just starting with my own interests. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and for me, like I'm into coffee, I'm into bars and restaurants, like consumption. I want to eat, <laughs> like, feed me. Um, how do you come up with like great ideas on like, like, where do you, where do you go to like find these new places to, to show us? Because your content is so fun and so captivating. And I haven't heard of half the places that you share. Oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love to search for local or unknown things. That's my main thing. I am not about a corporate setting. I like something that's more local. So again, all about local. So mm-hmm. if I'm ever, I don't know, it's a lot of marketing with other people too. A lot of other influencers that I just happened to me and they tell me about this new coffee shop that opened up that I didn't even know about, you know? So it's a lot about, it's a lot about getting out and really connecting with others. That's what I've noticed. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you find people to connect with? Like, like if you were, I'm serious, like break it down on the most actionable little tasks. Like, is it looking for networking groups? Is it just like kind of standing on a corner with a cardboard sign or like, what does that look like? <laughs> So what I do or what I started, so how I started mainly is I would go through Instagram and find people that I wanted to be like, I would ask them out for coffee. I would then get to know, I would pick their brains so much through that. I started going to events, um, networking events. I'm not a huge Facebook person. I know that a lot of people go onto Facebook groups and stuff, but that's just not me. I just don't do that. So I've learned to really market and like get out there by doing person to person. Um, so that's kind of where it started was just getting to know people in that area that I wanted to be in from there, going to networking events. I started to meet other influencers that I, again, I would take out for coffee, have them come on collaborations with me. Then they had other people in mind that they were working with and they wanted me to work with them too. So it's all about connecting. And that's really how I got to where I am is connecting a lot. In fact, the mentor that I had to begin with was Fabulous Arizona, Cynthia Saucy. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I, I like she was the number one person that ever gave me the time of day. And she actually like really transformed me into who I am now as far as with my business. So it's all about really creating those, those, what is it called? Not partnerships, but relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot too on the podcast because, um, you know, in real estate, I don't know if you know, but they say that it's like 
relationships, right? It's built on, and I always say it's built on real people and real relationships. And it's just a relationship kind of business because people want to work with people they trust. Mm -hmm. um, And core to that is having a relationship. And so I always say like social media doesn't change that, right? Like that landscape doesn't change on social media. It's not about like just getting in front of like randos. It's about cultivating real relationships. So when you're doing this, are you ever just like shooting people in a DM on Instagram? Like, hey, let's chat. I, in the past, yes, when I first started, yes, I would do that a lot, especially with people that I wanted to get to know. And I saw their content and it would be beautiful, but I didn't know how they did it or shot it or where it was. So I did that a lot at the beginning. Um, I've come to a spot now where I, it's, it's just a second nature to me now. Like it's just people reach, reach out to me. If I reach out to them, cool it's really died down a lot, which I'm grateful for. <laughs> Cause yeah, at the start, it was like getting those DMS out all the time, emails, everything, like all the time. I always treated it as a full-time job, even when it wasn't my full-time job. And that's how I've grown so quickly. I think. I love that. Like the hustle and the DMS, you yeah. know, <laughs> you can, you can get so far, but I think that a lot of people are just afraid to like make that initial connection or reach out like they're afraid they're going to get rejected or something like have you ever been yes. flat out told no when I first started so my Instagram originally was an Instagram it was just a typical page that my friends followed so when I first started posting like I wanted to do this thing like a, a blog I started posting things I had actual friends reach out to me who are not friends anymore but friends and they were like, why are you posting this? No one cares. And I'm just like, Ew. yeah, I know. And it's like, you know what? You are going to have those people that aren't going to have your back, but you have to keep going because if you don't keep going, you're going to, you're the time's going to pass anyway. And you're going to wish that you would have done it before. Yeah. I've had to learn that a lot. Oh, I'm really glad that you mentioned that. And I didn't know like if you would, because like for me looking at you, I'm like, oh, this girl's got it all together. She's a pro, but like it never, it never ends that way or it never starts that way. Like we have to go through some of those growing pains, you know? Yeah. It's been a lot of growing pains, I will admit. Um, But again, it's like, if you don't start, it's not, you're never going to go anywhere. And if you don't continue to go, it's never going to happen. Love it. Even with all the rejections, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have, I have some specific questions for you that I run a rundown. Um, yeah. And I want to get like a little bit in the nitty gritty about tactically how you do this in a way that maybe others listening can kind of create into their own unique strategy. Um, so first of all, branding, I want to talk about branding because you've got a really very clear brand in terms of like the visual aspect and just the content itself, like everything is very consistent and on brand. Um, so can you like explain your brand a little bit to those who maybe haven't seen it yet? Or like, what, what does that mean to you? What does it look like for you right now? As far as my brand, it is showcasing everything in the Southwest. And the reason it's called Southwest Sampler is because it's sampling a little piece of everything you could do in the Southwest. So through my brand, It is a lot of me, I admit, but it's also me going to places to show you that you can go there as well. And that's what I like to keep it. That's what I love about it is there's no specific niche of like restaurant, food, bar. Mm -hmm. It's everything, everything and everything, like all of it. (laughs) So I actually think that you being a part of it, like, because I always say you have to be the face of your brand. 
Yes. And it's funny you say that. Sorry to cut you off. It's funny. No, you're you good. Because I've had a lot of people like before, before like I started real like really creating my brand. They were like, why is your face in it if you're showing the food or this and that? And it's like, because you need a face to the name, you know? Yeah. And I really think that if we're talking about real relationships, it's got to start with that moneymaker, baby. (laughs) It starts right there. Um, How did, did you ever have any like fear of showing up on that side of the camera or like, did it seem pretty natural to you? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. When I first started, I wouldn't even face the camera. So all of, I don't even know if the photos are still on my Instagram, but if you go down to the very bottom, Uh I, I will not face the camera. I don't face the camera. And I never wanted to face the camera. And I was actually dating somebody who is a photographer, videographer, everything. So he, over time, was trying to show me, like, you're really good in front of the camera. So the first couple photos I ever did, like, for the first two years, I was like, eh, like, (laughs) and within the last two years, I've really blossomed in front of the camera. So it takes a lot of confidence and a lot of practice to really get yourself comfortable in front of the camera. Can you walk me through about what that looked like on day to day? Is it just like forcing yourself in front of the camera and just like doing it and posting it even if you didn't love it or... Um, well, what I did is I practiced a lot in front of my mirror. So every day, not every day, but probably every day without knowing it, I would just do like little things in front of the mirror, like, like that, or like little poses I thought I would like. And then when I would work with a photographer, I would try those poses. And I would have him show me the photo after like two or three, two or three shots, I'd have Mm -hmm. him show me the photo. As soon as I saw something I didn't like, I would immediately just change it a little bit and then good to go. Also, with that being said, find yourself a good photographer. That was going to be my next question. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody's so different. Yeah. Do you, is is all of like your content shot professionally now or is it a mix? It's a mix. If it's something that I think looks better on my iPhone, great. Typically, I would like to have it done professionally just because it looks a little bit cleaner, clearer. But there are some instances where the iPhone shots just look better for some reason. So it just depends on what it is. Can So I'm with you on this. And I have a professional photographer who does photos for us quarterly. And it's really just like for the stuff that I have in between the iPhone photos. So I guess I kind of do the same thing. But mm-hmm. for for people listening to this who are like, I don't have a huge budget for photos. Like can they do most of this with their iPhone? And what are some like tricks that you kind of use to make sure that you're using your iPhone to create good content or, you know, whatever smartphone, but honestly, like get an iPhone because <laughs> the camera. <laughs> uh, yes. The iPhone can take beautiful photos. In fact, there are some really majorly huge, like big influencers that just strictly do iPhone shots. So yes, it's definitely possible. And your iPhone shots don't have to be crazy, like nothing. As long as you use the grid on the phone and you kind of research how to take the perfect photo, you can easily do it. That's all it is. Do Do some YouTube research. You can easily find how to do it. Totally. So you're talking like, like go onto your actual phone, like pull up your phone app, make sure that little like photo grid is on. 
And then you're leaning on like the rule of thirds and like the golden rule to like compose good photos. Yes. As long as you're following the, whatever that's called, rule, golden rule. I forgot what it's called, but <laughs> there's, there's two, there's two. So there's, there's the rule of thirds. And if you're looking at a grid, you have the nine cards because it's like yeah. three on the top, three in the middle, three on the bottom, just the way the grid is. Um, yeah. And, and basically if you're listening to this and you don't really know, understand what that means, it means you're basically trying to line up the points of focus in the image with where those crosses intersect, where those lines intersect. Yeah. Right. And then like, imagine seeing like a horizon, you want that line of the horizon to line up with the grid as well. So that it's kind of broken into thirds um, linearly, but also horizontal horizontally. And then there's the yeah. golden rule that's a little different, but it's a little more, but I think once you like nail the rule of thirds, the rest of it kind of like falls into place, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's the funny thing. You know, a lot about this that I, I didn't even know the name of it. Oh. <laughs> as much as I know how to take a photo, I don't know the specifics behind it. I just do. It always looked good to me. And then Anthony Swan, the photographer, videographer, He's the one that has looked at my stuff in the past and he told me that I'm using the golden rule, the rule of thirds, whatever you mm -hmm. said. And I unknowingly was doing that. Okay. So that's how I know that that's a thing that you can easily do. Just learn yeah. how to do it. And it's very appealing to the eye, which is why it works. So how about editing? Like, are you the person that wants something like super styled and edited or are you more of like a, like, let's just make this look natural and pop? I do all of my own editing. So okay. even if I work with a photographer, I have him or her send me all of the raw footage. Wow. And I do it all from there myself just because I know exactly how I like it. So lately, my content has been more on like the darker vibe type side, which I really love. Mm -hmm. And I'm starting to use more flash photography. So there's like big like shadows in the back and everything. So it just depends on what I'm feeling. And if I'm also looking through Pinterest and I see some new styles of editing that I like to do, I'll just play around and see if I could do that. So my style changes all the time. Cool. Mm -hmm. And you're just like but having fun. Yeah. 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 And that's, what's cool about it is I'm having fun with it. The clients love it. So that's what makes it a really good time. That's why I love this job. And the program that I use is called Lightroom. So okay. if anybody's looking to use a program, Lightroom is the best program I've ever done used for um, editing. And you can also do presets. So you guys can buy presets through different influencers or even online. There's a ton of different presets. And then you just kind of like mess around with them a little bit, make it how you want it. Yeah, we're I'm a big fan of Lightroom too. I have who can I can I ask who your favorite presets are for or like just a couple off the top of your head? I don't even know. It's called Ashley something. I don't okay. know. Like, I'm so bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just finding something that like you gravitate to that you like and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. this works. Yeah. So I think mine, I gosh, I know I've had a lot too. There's, they're so easy to find. I think the ones that I'm using right now are do you travel presets from the travel uh, league? I don't know if you follow them. I don't know if I do either, but I feel like I've heard of that. Yeah, they're, they're a big travel brand, which is why I was just wondering. But um, like Bryce and I like to pretend that, <laughs> that we're bad, big travel people too. So I love following them. But it was the same thing where I was following this account. And I was like, gosh, I just love their photos. And then they were talking about their presets. And so I purchased it from there. But what I think is also cool is like you can even go onto Etsy or like Fiverr and get your own presets made for you for your brand, which is neat too. 
Oh, I didn't know that either. That's super cool. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, I'm always looking for ways to like make things your own, you know, like you can swipe and adapt, which is awesome. But when you're ready, it's really cool to like do your own thing. Kind of like you are where you're just creating your own medley of your own style. And that's like becomes your signature look. True. (laughs) I love it. So how are you doing on video right now? Because you create a lot of video. And this is one thing that a lot of people get really hung up on. I have been... I've been playing a lot with video. In fact, here's my camera, if you guys can see it, if you're actually on the YouTube. Oh, cute. So it has a flip-up screen right here. Super cute. It's a Sony. Um, I have Which a little... model is that? Sony what? Uh, let's see. So Tony got this for me. He gets okay. me all my cameras. I don't know any <laughs> Okay, so so this is really good though because a lot of people will just assume that you're like a pro on this kind of no. stuff, but you're not, <laughs> which is fine. I just do what looks good. I feel what I feel. You know, I just yeah. do. Um, so he's helped me a lot with this stuff. I link this a lot in my Instagram too. So if people are looking for it, I have it linked there. Okay. Um, I also use this little baby Osmo. So he's super cute. He's so tiny. And then what is that? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a little camera. It's so adorable. It's on a um it's on a gimbal. So if you're if you're listening to this, it's this little like handheld camera. It almost looks like a tiny little GoPro, but it's on a gimbal so that it'll still stay centered if you're moving your hand around, right? It's awesome. Yeah. And it takes 4K video. It has great sound. So I use this a lot on hikes or just like bike rides, things like that. Cool. So with video, I started doing video maybe only two years ago and it's just it's again it's trial and error a lot of youtube research if i ever have an idea i just youtube it see if i can find it um and i use final cut pro for all of my videos so are you editing your videos too yeah i edit all my videos so anything that i post other than like the actual photography i edit i do i do the whole thing okay Mm -hmm. yeah I'm, I'm going to add a pin. Go for it. Not necessary, but very cool that you do it. But if someone's listening to this and they're like, I don't got time for this stuff. Like, I'm not going to learn how to edit my own stuff. Like, what would you do if you weren't editing your own stuff? Oh, man. That's a good question. I am so anal that I have to, I have to edit my okay. own stuff. That's just That's fair. So I've honestly never looked into outsourcing. However... I know that you can definitely outsource. There's many, many people out here, especially in Scottsdale that are open to doing that. Yeah. Um, there's an Instagram, it's called Arizona Entrepreneurs. Oh. And there's people on there that they do that type of stuff where it's like, um, what is it called? Contract work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can always look on there, see if you can find someone that does it. And they're going to be local to the area, which is great because then you can work with them one-on-one. So that's always a good option for sure. Totally. So what I do, um, cause I used to do all of my own editing too. And I would, cause I've been doing YouTube videos for a couple of years. Um, and then we've always done like just our own stuff on the gram, like as we're out and about. And like, for me, my process looks like taking my own photos and videos just on my iPhone primarily now, and just like editing it on like 
kind of like you said earlier, Lightroom. And then honestly, a lot of times when I'm editing, I'm literally doing any editing just within whatever app I'm posting it to. So either TikTok or Instagram reels, I'm just like doing that because they're so easy. Like they, <laughs> these apps make it really easy, but like for the other stuff, like the more polished stuff, like on YouTube, like at this point, like no shame, I legit go to a studio locally and I sh- have them shoot it and like edit it for me because like it was, perfect. it was, yeah. And it's, and it's what was right for me, right? Yeah. Because it was becoming such a pain. And if you look back at my earlier YouTube videos, girl, they are so embarrassing. And oh, I keep, <laughs> my head is cut off in most of them. Oh, and they, my-, <laughs> my mic isn't working and I leave it up because uh, so many agents I'll talk to, they're like, stuff. I really want to be creating this content. I want to create stuff that my audience is going to find valuable, but like, I don't know the first thing about editing. And I'm like, I didn't either look at my earlier stuff. I leave it there so that, you know, like you can try it. And like, some people are really going to enjoy it. I work with some agents who love the process of editing their content. They love just like you, they get a lot of joy and like satisfaction from putting their unique touch on it and making it the way they want it to be. And then Mm -hmm. other agents like me were like, we can't get rid of it fast enough. You know, how do you say that? Because I look back at some of my earlier YouTube videos and oh, (laughs) I'm like, what was I doing? And they're not, they're not terrible, but they're slow and they're dragged out and you're just like, get to the point, you know? Yeah. I've learned a lot. And that's the other cool part about doing your own editing is you can learn over time. And then as soon as you actually get it down, you can put your own touch on it. Just like you said. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So there's like, there's different options always. And then I think when I was, when I was not doing what the studio that I'm doing now locally, um, I I would just do Fiverr. I would just send them out 25 bucks a pop. I mean, it's okay. It's not like the best, but if you just need to get something up and out, it's good. Heck yeah. So when we're talking about editing on like reels or TikTok, are you editing outside of that and uploading or are you doing editing right within the app? Got it. So I am doing, okay. TikTok is the easiest way to edit video. If you're trying to edit easy. Yeah. Super easy. So I always go on to TikTok. I edit everything there. And then if you want to, cause you don't want like the TikTok, like the little jingles right. on the side. If you the want watermark. to, before you actually, yes. If you actually want to get that video uploaded without all of the watermarks on it, mm-hmm. then how do I explain this? All you do is you screen record it. Yeah. Yeah. So before you iPhone. post. <laughs> yeah. So iPhone. Yes. Yeah. You just screen record. And then from there you can add it onto your Instagram reels. It's super easy. Yeah. Yeah. So I I've actually just figured this trick out, um, a couple of weeks ago. So when you create your TikTok, like you're done, you go, I think you, and it, when you're listening to this, obviously these apps change and they update. So things may be a little different depending on when you're listening to this, but you go to the points where you're about to post it and you preview it. So you click on the little preview of it and it'll play. That's when you want to start screen recording. And you just have to, if you have your iPhone, you have to make sure you have your screen recording settings on so that it's going to record the audio as well. Right. Yeah. You're way better at explaining than I am. (laughs) I'm I'm like surprising myself right now. (laughs) You're surprising me. I'm like, damn, she knows more than I do. This is great. (laughs) Okay. So you're how often are you posting? Cause this is like a lot of content that you're doing. You're doing the editing. How often are you posting? And do you think there's like a threshold that you need to stick to, or is it just being consistent one way or another? 
I was posting every single day for about like three years mm-hmm. and uh, I got it, it might have been four years. It became so overwhelming to post every single day. In fact, like about a month and a half ago, I took two weeks off completely. I deleted the app. I was done because mentally I was so unhealthy. I was just not okay. So after that, I realized I don't need to post every day. That's not a necessity. You don't need to. However, you do want to post at least twice a week just so that you can keep your name up there. Um, Stories, same thing. I thought I had to document every single moment of my life and it was really eating away at me. So same thing. Stories, I only post maybe two a day. And if I am posting more, it's because I truly want to post more. Mm -hmm. But if it's... If it's something that's eating away your mental health, put it down for a second. You, no one is, no, no one cares. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, live. like nobody's <laughs> sitting there. Where's her post? It's like just let yourself have a day. You know. So, with that being said, twice a week. Yeah. <laughs> if not three. Yeah. That's so funny. I am in exactly the same place because when I was building my account, it was the same thing. Like every single day. Monday through Sunday, I was posting to the feed and then every single day I was on the stories. And now, and I think it did serve me well, like to be Mm. fair, I think at that, yeah, I think at that time it was good. I I think that with the algorithm changes now, um, I think that you have a little more leniency and they still want to see recency, I think. But um, like for me, I know that if I'm posting, like, like you said, like, like three times for me, three times a week, maybe two, like. I'm good. And then I just know that I need to be showing up on the stories. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Like, I, again, I just realized like my mental health is a lot Mm -hmm. more than posting. So yeah. (laughs) And that's the other thing is social media will, it, it can get to you as far as mental health. But as long as you allow yourself to take that break, like I said, even for a day, you're good. Love it. So how far in advance are you planning your, your content? So, because, and the reason I ask is like, you're doing stuff that seems to take a little preparation. Like you need to know where you're going you need to know what kind of content you're going to shoot. Can you give me just a little look at what that looks like for you? So I fly by the seat of my pants. I, I love it. Oh, like, I'm so glad. <laughs> I've actually listened to so many different podcasts with influencers and they have like a calendar set up and everything's good to go highlighted. I do not have crap. I literally go by the seat of my pants, whatever I'm feeling like. Like uh, this past weekend, I worked with a brewery and I... brewery? um, Historic. It's over in Flagstaff and then they have a location in Williams. So worked with them over the weekend and going into it, I had no clue what content I was going to get, what I was going to produce because I find that I create better content in the moment. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. I've got to ask a little bit about the collaborations and I'm going to preface this by like, if you're a real estate agent, you're not doing this to be an influencer, right? Like you're, well, I mean, you will have influence. Everybody has influence on social media, but you're doing this to the whole point is to provide content for your audience who should be local people who want to buy and sell real estate. And in doing this, you put yourself up as an authority because you're the person who knows like where to go, all the things to do. And 
the great side note is being able to collaborate with other businesses to get in front of their networks or grow your database in that way so that you have like more opportunities for sales, like that kind of thing. Um, so from how do you start a collaboration with like another company like that? Mm-hmm. Like, how does that process look like? What does the opening dialogue look like? How do you get an agreement? And, you know, a lot of people listening to this are not going to do this to get paid for that. So I'm not sure if like, you know, if that's what you're doing, like that's totally awesome. But like what benefit to them are you pitching if you're not even looking to get paid? Does that make sense? Does that question make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. So okay. when I first started, I wasn't getting paid because I had to start somewhere. So when I did first start, what I would do is I would email the company. So make sure you don't DM. DM is a little bit... Um, I When I get DM'd by a company, I feel like they didn't take the time to respect me and go and email me. Okay. So always email and as far as collaborations go so when you send them an email just let them know who you are what you're doing and that you would like to somehow work with them what you can bring to the table for them if they are willing to give you a trade for this so if you're working with a restaurant that is located near your the house that you're trying to rent out or sell right Mm -hmm. um just you can even go into the restaurant but definitely email the restaurant let them know who you are, where the house is. You're doing an open house, right? So you want to have some of their specific coffee, their donuts, their bakery goods, and you want to bring them into the house. And then at the same time, you are going to be giving them the um, promotion of their business, which is right down walking distance from this house. And then you're also getting the free, the free goods. So it's just a matter of how you're able to trade. Okay. And then you're like promising to post about it on social media and like do all that stuff. Is there a certain amount of content that you usually create for them? I would do, when I first started, I would do one post and definitely a few stories. If you have the swipe up link, add the swipe up link to their website for sure. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's about it. Yeah. So it's just, So that's exactly what I did when I was building our account too. And like, like literally open houses, like, and it was so, it was so fun because like, that's just an easy way. And obviously right now in the pandemic, it's a little different. Like we're not really doing those, but um, like one that I'm thinking of specifically, do you know Cafeo? I'm not sure. Where is that? It's just like a little espresso cart guy. Um, Oh, baby. Yes. Yeah. 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 So cute. We're like beep, beep. I think I know exactly who you're talking about. Yes. So like we would go to farmers markets because like a big part of our brand is like that local feel and like the neighborhood Mm -hmm. feel. So we'd go to a a farmer's market and we found this like espresso cart guy and he had this like a this adorable little Italian, I don't even know what it was, but it's like this Italian little like scooter looking thing that he has like this big Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, and we would pay him, we would actually pay him to come and do open houses and do like just sling coffee for us at our open house. And we've, we've done this with a couple of other people too, like with similar success, but it's so cool because like they get the benefit of getting in front of your audience, which I think is like the currency of influence right now. Like just being able to leverage each other's audiences. Um, and, and so we would post about him and we'd pay him for the coffee. Sometimes we would get like, you know, a better break on like pricing and stuff. Um, but that also still like is something of value for the consumer because like 
you know, maybe your database of friends and family is like following your Instagram and they see like this really cool coffee thing. Like you put the, you put the information of like where you can find him when he's not at your open house, like where does he set up shop or is he available for events? And maybe you have somebody in your database who's getting married that year and they want something fun and they can like hire him at their wedding. Or maybe it's like the, maybe it's like the family who like wants to go out and do something fun. And they remember this like cool coffee cart that's at Uptown Phoenix market. So they want to go to the market to go see this coffee cart and get themselves a little espresso, you know, but like that's value on all fronts. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like an exchange of goods. There is an exchange of goods there or, you know, money, but cause you want to pay the guy for his time. But like, there's just so many ways that you can leverage that that turns into value, which turns into trust and relationships at the end of the day, right? Yes, I that's kind of how it works, everything. I think. Yeah, no, everything. Dude, I'm telling you, like, I have all these thoughts, like, I know exactly what you're saying, but you are saying it so much better than I am. So everything oh. you're saying, yeah, perfect. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so, so let's just as we're like wrapping up the convo um I, I feel like I could talk about this stuff with you all day but <laughs> looking ahead to 2021 what are you seeing as far as trends for like content creators oh local stay local because okay. if uh, nobody's really traveling so mm. is, is that what you mean by the trend yeah yeah, yeah. I didn't I'm even like- think about that but it makes sense yeah no one's really traveling. So really try and keep it local. In fact, I did a San Diego trip like last weekend, two weeks ago, and we just did an Airbnb. We did a bike ride. We did stayed on the beach, very COVID friendly mm-hmm. as much as it could have been. However, it was like the content obviously didn't do well, you know, things like that. And it's, I get it. It's because people can't go do those things right now or they're not willing to, which is totally fine. Yeah. So keeping it local, really just embracing the local vibes, everything that you could do in your own community, helping each other. A lot of that is going to go very far this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. On that same vein, like how does authenticity play into that? Because when I was looking at your more recent photos, mm-hmm. like you're, they're super authentic in a mm-hmm. good way, but I feel like there's so much personality and your faces in them and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Is that something that you're going to keep leaning into this year? Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. I definitely want to keep doing that. Um, again, my content has changed over time. So I've realized when I'm in my photos more bubbly and out there and like really showing my personality, I love that so much more than trying to be like serious and like, oh, this, and, you know, like uh, I compose. Yeah. Like, no, I want to be myself. I want my bubbly personality to really show through. And in fact, when your personality shows through, it grasps that audience attention so much more than just you with like a little thing like smiling, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Show the personality. So what does personality mean for you? <laughs> because for everyone, it's a little bit different. Uh, for me, I am like, I guess I, I have a big smile. So just like smiling and really just like being out there. I throw my hands up in the air a lot. I do a lot of peace signs. I'm always doing, I'm just like, I'm so out there. So that's my personality. It's really just showing it through the camera. And since I've been more comfortable in front of the camera, especially this last year, I've had people ask me like, what changed about you? What's like, did you get something done? Like what's going on? And it's just, no, I'm just finally showing my personality through the camera. Did you see a different like level of engagement when you started doing that? Yeah, a lot. 
And going through Instagram, you see a lot of the same content. So you think that you have to be the same way in order to fit in. But the second I started breaking away from the mold and really just being who I wanted to be and showing myself, my content went up like crazy, like the engagement. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh, I'm so glad you shared that. (laughs) Okay. Well, I've loved this conversation. I want to end with one last question, but before I do, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you or see more about your brand? You guys can find me on Instagram at Southwest Sampler, TikTok at Southwest Sampler, website is The Southwest Sampler, and YouTube, Southwest Sampler. Love it. So easy. And I'll have those linked in the show notes too, just in case you're like, shucks, man, I don't know what's going on. You're almost there. (laughs) I know. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And I'll make sure that I have those links below too, just in case you're like, if you're listening to this and driving or something, you'll be able to find it too. Um, But I guess my last question for you is in 2021, what is like the number one thing that content creators, whether you're doing this for like your full-time gig, or if you're just trying to do this to support your business, what's that number one thing that we need to be on top of in 2021? Just keep going. I know it might be hard with people not wanting to go outside and meet others, especially if they don't know you already, but just keep going. See if you could do a zoom chat, see if you can like just somehow connect with others. It's all about connecting. And if days you feel down and like, I don't know if this is worth it. Those are the days that you really need to fight through and just understand that it will get better and it will continue to get better as long as you keep putting the work into it. I could not agree more. And I think that's an awesome note to end on. Andrea, thank you so much for joining us on the Market Authority Show. I'm so glad that you were with us today. Me too. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to themarketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.